0: As it turns out, over the past few months, quite a few of you have emailed to ask me when my mom would be making another appearance on the podcast. I wasn't aware that she'd made such an impression on you guys, but I'm glad that you enjoy her as much as I do. She is my go-to person whenever I want to talk about a case to get just an immediate surface-level reaction, because she leans into her gut reactions, and she's fascinated with true crime. And most importantly, she is always up to visit a location with me. So I guess if you were one of those people who asked, this season is for you. We took a trip to visit locations associated with this case, and I'll be sharing the audio of our discussions on Anna Maria Island, in our hotel, on our treks via golf cart around the little island community, because we spent our Thanksgiving discussing multiple homicides, that occurred in 1980 in Holmes Beach, Florida. I would tell you to excuse the background noise, the food preparation, the general clickety-clack and sniffity-snaff of four people, my mom, my two sons and I, in a suite on the beach, doing those things that one does on vacation, but don't excuse it. Settle in and pretend that you're there with us. But you should know, there will be some salty words, because in my family, Cursing is our love language. Rarely have I covered a case where over four decades have passed and there's never been a truly viable person of interest or suspect. Psychoanalyst Theodore Rake, a student of Freud, once said, The crime remains obscure as long as the motive remains unclear. In a minority of cases that go unsolved for decades, law enforcement is never able to make a connection between the killer and the perpetrator. These cases can be the hardest to solve. There's no relationship between the perpetrator and the victims, so there are no threads to pull. I think it's possible that's the case here, with the murders that I'm going to cover this season, dubbed the Kingfish Boat Ramp Murders in Holmes Beach, Florida. On August 1st, 1980, five people were shot in a span of minutes at two different crime scene locations, and four of those souls died in the ensuing hours. The single survivor was able to give a good deal of detail about the perpetrator who committed this heinous series of acts in broad daylight near a busy intersection, with various parts of the crime witnessed by a dozen or so bystanders. The killer implemented a ruse to get inside a vehicle, shot four people while it was moving. The vehicle crashed, the perpetrator jumped out, grabbed his bike out of the boat that the station wagon was towing, and rode down the street to a location where he had another getaway vehicle, a car. There, he shot another bystander who had followed him from the initial crash location. Then this perpetrator got into a car and fled the scene, passing by the first crime scene on his way. And just like that, he was gone. There's an image that has been published in the reporting of this story over the years. An image of Tampa pediatrician Juan Dumois and his two young sons, and the doctor's brother-in-law, Raymond Barrows. The young boys stand on either side of their father as the older men hold up each end of a stringer full of fish. Dozens caught on a fishing trip one day before their final outing. Everyone is smiling, the boys in their shorts and t-shirts, the doctor wearing only his tight bathing suit, not quite a speedo, but something less than the short red trunks that Mr. Barrows is wearing with his white shirt. In fact, it appears that they're in the same clothes that they will wear on their next outing when they caught just as many fish or more. And you know, there's something about those fish, the ones that they caught on the day of the incident, the ones that would later be found on that boat. Something about those fish really hit me when I read a newspaper article that included a throwaway line about them being tossed from the coolers after the accident by law enforcement when the vehicle and boat were impounded for crime scene analysis. Which is understandable, the boat was evidence. It would have to be stored for an undetermined amount of time. You'll recall that Benjamin Franklin famously noted that guests, like fish, begin to smell after three days. So their spoils for that day were tossed, never to be eaten or enjoyed by the family. Those fish and the effort put into catching them, it was the last thing that this group of souls would ever do together, when they motored the boat up to the dock that summer day, even if the trouble that they had getting it up on the trailer and out of the dock slip was a faint harbinger of something to come, none of them could have been prepared for what came next. Having spent about seven hours on the water under the hot August sun, the group piled into the family car, a 1977 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, Their skin a little darker than it had been hours earlier, their bodies and souls probably a bit clearer and more refreshed, for having enjoyed something as simple as casting a line into the water and waiting patiently for a tug. You've probably been there. I have. That tired but good feeling at the end of a day spent outside, on the water, or at the beach, taking in all that fresh air. Tired but good, like Down to your bones. Glad to be headed home, or in this case, headed to their home away from home. And this was their last day of vacation before the family would head back. The doctor was scheduled to work on Monday. After they pulled the boat out of the water and were strapping it down, Maria Dumois, the doctor's wife, and her 16-year-old niece, Anna Maria, Mr. Barrow's daughter, drove by the boat ramp on Manatee Avenue on the way back to the vacation cottage. They'd been out shopping and sightseeing for the day, and they had stopped at a chicken place to pick up dinner, just in case the men didn't have a successful day. Raymond Barrows said they honked as they passed, and he waved back at the women as he and the boys piled into the station wagon and headed out, thinking that they'd be minutes behind them. Less than five minutes was all it took for their whole world to change. The doctor and his family were taking a trip. They were on vacation. So they rent this cottage for two weeks and it's um, Dr. Dumois, his wife, his daughter, and their two younger sons. So they had been there a whole week when his sister and her husband came with their daughter to stay. They came just to stay for the second part of the week. They couldn't be there for the whole two weeks. So the day that this incident occurred, they were going to go fishing. Just the doctor, um, his brother-in-law, Raymond Barrows, and the two boys. The women stayed home in the cottage with the girls, and the boys went fishing. Now, they had gone out fishing uh, one other time previous, and they had launched at the same place, at the Kingfish boat ramp.
1: So the car was pulling a boat.
0: Yes, it was like a station wagon type, uh, type of car that was pulling a boat. They had been to this ramp once before. Now remember, this is their second week on vacation, and the first week that these other this other couple wasn't there. The first week they took the boat out the, as a family um, and went did other things, you know. So they've taken the boat out a couple times while they've been there. They've also spent time on the beach. Okay, so they've been out. They've eaten dinner out. They've been all around the island. Okay? so the four, the two <clears throat> boys, and the doctor and his brother-in-law head off to go and they leave about nine o'clock in the morning, they stop, they, um, I believe they get some gas and then they go to the Kingfish boat ramp and they put in their boat. Uh, they did see an older gentleman there when they were putting in, that said hi to them or whatever. They were out for, uh, um, most of the day. I think they came in sometime around 4.30 because it took them about a half an hour to get out of the water. They were having a little bit of trouble getting the boat out of the water. Um, and at the time, in fact, it was enough trouble that the same old guy was there fishing. There were people fishing on the side piers while they, you know, next to the boat ramp. One of the, the guys said to them, do you need some help? And the doctor said, oh, I think we got it this time. Um, but if, you know, and then said, basically jokingly, you know, if I can't get it in, yeah, you know, I'll take you up on your offer or whatever. So it was basically a nice person seeing they were having trouble getting out of you know, there. They finally got it out. They pull it out like we used to. Remember, you pull the, the boat out of the way so the next person can come in. And it was getting right at 5 o'clock that this happened because it took them about 30 minutes to get out of the water. And it was right around that time. So they get in the, after they strapped everything in. After after the ladies had driven by, they honk and the ladies are heading home going. She said she remembered thinking, okay, I'm glad that um, that they're um, done we're coming done, because they're, they're headed home now. So they figured they'd be right behind them. So... They, the women are back that way. The guys get back into the car, pull forward like they're about ready to pull out, and a man pushing a bicycle comes out of the – remember the picnic tables that we saw today? There's picnic tables and there's little trees there by the water at the boat ramp. So the guy walks up. He says um, – tells him basically he hurt his ankle, and could they give him a ride? He said, I need to go up there. And the doctor said, where exactly are you going? Do you have an address? And he said, no, that's up by the condos up there. Now the condos he was pointing to They're is literally out of this corner, bubble. right here. We've turned yeah, around the corner, right? By Publix, right? So um, the doctor said, "Sure, we'll give you a ride." So the doctor gets out of his car, uh, the driver's side. Um, Barrows gets out of his side. Now remember, the guy approached from the passenger side. All right, he's right there standing by Barrows, but instead of putting the car in the bike in the back of the boat, because I find this part a little significant, he didn't. He he walked it around. To where the doctor was, and they lifted it together in the other side of the boat. He didn't put it in with Barrows right there. He walked it around, and Barrows wasn't clear on actually why, what made, what was the reason why he walked around over there. So both
1: guys got out, and he didn't let the other guy help him.
0: He did. It's not like he said, "No, you can't help me." It's just he just walked it around
1: for what reason? Well, did he walk it around close to the water or walk it around close to the road? The road,
0: it's up, so for example. So he put
1: his bike where people could see him on the road.
0: He put, he put Raymond's over here on, on the passenger side. Where's the, the ocean? Where's the the water. ocean's behind
1: uh, Raymond. So he walked towards uh, where he would be, the road he unless be there were people right there getting off the boat ramp that, he, that would see him. Yeah, maybe, I don't know. We don't know why he did that. What, was There's there no... ability for people to see him at that area? Sure,
0: yeah, because they were parked, just got ready to pull out. They were not far at all. You know, they were, it was a public boat ramp. There were people, there were cars, there were people, and it's right on the
1: road. You see where it was, right on the road. Yeah, so he would he be more visible where he went to or more where he was? More visible on that okay. side. Cause if so he that with, is odd that he walked around to be more visible unless he was checking out what was in the car.
0: Or the other thing I could think of was, we, in a minute you'll know, he had a gun on him. But he was wearing those short shorts, like those runner shorts. Where the hell did he have that gun? Did he have it tucked in? Maybe he needed that moment to grab it and hide it, or pull a shirt over it, or something. That's maybe that was a moment to get behind the thing, out of both views for a second, to pull a shirt down and make sure it was covering the gun, or something. And that's the only thing I could think of, because he had a, a like a, just a, a t-shirt and those really tiny short shorts, on, you know, runner shorts. Remember in the eighties when they were popular for men, way up high, you know, mid thigh,
1: and a t-shirt, and a t-shirt, and he had a gun somewhere.
0: Yeah and it wasn't a big gun it was a it 22 and uh, it's you know still big. but it we was call, a revolver fall right through those running it was ramps. a revolver
1: yes like mine is heavy
0: yeah so that's what i'm
1: saying where was that gun because that's my question, is he may not even, uh, yeah. was it on his bike and he had to get it out from something? Maybe, his, I don't know. Was but there a little, the was there a little knapsack on the bike? They didn't, ex, no,
0: nothing that where it could have been hidden on the bike. It was a normal 10-speed bike with hand brakes, there was a light there on the was, front.
1: But there was no little little package, little back there. Nothing, no
0: basket, no nothing, That just a seat. And it was the thin, small 10-speed bike, fast-speed bike seats, and the thin tires. And he put it in the boat? And he walked it around, and Dumas helped him. And he even said, is it going to hurt anything up there? And the doctor said, oh, no, it's fine. And he put it up there. Um, And then um, he walked back around, and he walked in front of Raymond. And I thought that was strange that he walked in front of him first. Like, was he going to try to get into the front seat? He walked
1: back around to the other guy? He walked back
0: around to get in the other side. Huh. I, I, the guy had told the kids to scoot over and let him in. There's another reason
1: why he would walk around. If he was coming out of the left side of the car and I was going to lift from this side, I would have walked around so I could lift from this side because I could lift higher with my right hand. So yeah, I would have wanted to drive it with my right hand versus my left hand, so I would have walked around to be able to get it over the edge of the boat not knowing the guy was going to help me or not.
0: Yeah, they said the boat was low enough that you could actually, it was pretty riding pretty low it was not one of those high ones. Yes, yeah, so I, I would walk around
1: so I could get it properly in. And you've got to think the handlebars are going to be pointing towards the back, the handlebars are going to be pointing towards the front. Grabbing the handlebar, grabbing the back, how you get it in. Because the front wheel is freebies. The back wheel has to go with the pedals. So you have to use the, if you're going to do a wheelie over the front, you've got to go getting the wheel over the front. If you're going to go from this way, getting the wheel over the front, is screwing all the way around this way to try to get the wheel over the front. If you're on the other side, wheel right over. See what I'm See, saying? I don't think I would have thought of that. I would have tried it and then realized it. Would no, go. I would have tried it automatically. I yeah. thought it right of it now because I would have known, I would have known I couldn't have gotten it in that boat with the back well, without that those belt pedals kicking me in the face. I have to do it the other way if I'm a bike rider, because you got to hit the, you got to lift it up the back. You got to lift the back tire up, get the front wheel to go on and go in, because the front wheel will roll. It's not a- attached to anything. The back wheel has a whole gear thif- shift. You know what it is? You can't try it. Try putting uh, putting your back tire over the top of something from the left. Well, you're left-handed. Try it the opposite way. You can't do it. It's very difficult. So that's why I would have walked around. Now, why so, he walked back is another story. I don't know. My bike
0: is not like, <clears throat> like that. My thing is attached to the center.
1: Yes, it's attached to the center, but it pulls the back wheel. It doesn't drive the front wheel. I didn't know that. Your I front wheel is always loose and running. It does That chain doesn't go in front wheel Same and back with wheel. 10 speed? Anything does not have... Nothing is cooked to... The wheel of the that. front tire. And you can hold that thing up and spin it like a bitch. And it ain't going to do nothing.
0: You know, I didn't ever think of that. And you know what? Um, I wouldn't have thought well, you, of that. But a, a bike rider that rides regularly would. And he's got a 10-speed bike that looks like a... Or if you, you put
1: together a bike, you would. And mm-hmm. I put yours together. Because the front tire doesn't, it doesn't...
0: But I just would not have put all that together when I'm lifting something in. I would have felt it happen.
1: I'm no, not I would, no I would, have, I would have felt it. I would I mean, have known it would have happened. Yeah, and I'm
0: the opposite. Especially
1: really, if he's if he's ever loaded his bike before. Yes, that
0: is exactly and what my And he probably could is. have. Okay. My so, point is that
1: maybe he's familiar with that bike. So you definitely well, want to put it in okay. from the right side. If you can't use your right hand to lift with and your left hand to hold and do, do your steering properly, you're not getting it in Also, there. he had to, that... I would have had to hold the. the I would have had to hold steering wheel with my left hand if I was going at it the other way. If I was going at it with my right hand, I'm holding the back seat.
0: But he didn't do it himself. He did it with the. Doctor. But he
1: didn't know he was going to do that. Maybe
0: that's the case. We don't know if he's left or right handed.
1: Yeah, that's the point right there. You don't. But that's why I would do it. If, if I would, if I was steering with my right hand, I would have gone to the other, up, I would have gone to the left side of the boat. Steering with my right hand, I would have gone to the right side of the boat. If I was steering with my left hand. Think of how the bike, which way you have to angle the bike and how standing at it to get it in where you're going to get it. You can either stand on one side of the bike or you can stand on the other side of the bike, which means your hand, this hand is at the steering wheel, your other hand is at the, at, the, at the chair. If, you, um, if you're going in the opposite side of the bike, it's the opposite. Your hand is on the steer. you see what I'm saying? Your hand mm-hmm. is on the rear. And how do you do it that way? You can't reach around the car like this and try to get where your back, you've got to go from where your chest is at the car. Your chest is at the car when you can steer the front.
0: I mean, i just picked it, picking it up and going like that.
1: you got to steer it from the hand that you're using. You can't do it like this. Because, like I said, you can't. You got to watch that back tire because it's going to, if it turns, those pedals stick out, and it's going to thwack Spin. you. I see what
0: you're saying. You now. can't get close okay. enough to okay. it. <clears throat> gotcha. And right. that's, that's
1: <clears throat> just logical. So that's right. why so you So that could around. be no
0: reason except for what you're saying. That's why he did it. See, this bike stuff is a perfect example of why I like spitballing with my mom because she homed in on something that I never even considered. Yes. All right, so then he walks back around to the to the uh, passenger side.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Raymond said he walked in front of him at one point, and it, that made me wonder, was he going to first check,
1: get in the he, front seat? Was he checking the car to see if there were how many people were in it? It's a station wagon.
0: Yeah, and was he going to get in the front seat? But what happened is Raymond grabbed the back seat door and opened it for him, because he was thinking in his head... Um, Oh, he's hurt. Let me help him. Because they, they didn't see a limp, though. He never saw a limp of any kind, but the guy had told him he
1: had he hurt Put him in the back legs. with his two kids. Yes. Oh.
0: So he put him in the back with his two little
1: kids. In fact, he told him to scoot over. He see, gets that's another seat. mistake. Yeah, yeah. Because well. I would be wanting to see him. So I would say, you go ahead and get in the front with the driver, and I'll go ahead and get back with the kids. I would have never put anybody in the back with Not my, my kids. kids. Yeah, that was too trusting. I would have said, go ahead and get in the front with my husband, I'll get in the back.
0: You know, I could have taken this out because, as a podcaster, it kind of makes me cringe. And I know that some people will hear it and think we're blaming the victims, and I want to say that we are absolutely not. We are just talking like we talk, and this is how we talk. But let me be clear, nothing that occurred that day is the fault of the people who lost their lives. I'm going to keep it in, though, because I think that there's value in discussing things like picking up strangers, and perhaps it's something that happened more often in 1980 than it would happen now in 2022. It's something that I would absolutely not encourage, and certainly not having them sit in the back seat with your children. To be perfectly honest, I don't think I'd pick up any stranger nowadays at all, unless it was a little old lady accompanied by her walker, or a lost child. Maybe an 80-year-old man whose bones appear too brittle to risk anything more than a slight shove. The rest of you guys are on your own. Unfortunately, your bad rap has been well-earned by anyone who's watched even a season of Dateline. All right, so... They're all in the car now, they pull up and out of the thing, and you saw how quick it was from the boat ramp to the right there, not at all. He said they didn't even get just barely down the road, and he felt something that he thought was someone slamming into the back of them. He had been shot, he didn't realize it, he was the first person shot Raymond. He slumped over, he was going in and out of, he remembers hearing the doctor yelling, and remembers looking over at the side of his, I don't think he can move well or something, but he was in and out the whole time. He was conscious, but he only remembers parts of it. But he, he remembered his good luck. So he looked over and he saw blood on his brother-in-law's back. That's what he remembers. He had very compressed time. He doesn't remember anything, any shots of anybody else. He remembers looking over and seeing blood on the, now. Um, there are multiple witnesses, from behind them, driving in the same direction, and uh, cars coming at them that saw different things. Um, one person coming at them said he saw the driver with his... Ba- and the driver, the doctor, did not have a shirt on, and he had like almost like a Speedo bathing suit. Just a quickie, they got out of the water, they got in the car, and they were, you know, leaving. There's no dressing. Yeah. Raymond had shorts and a shirt on, and the boys did. It's didn't. the beach. But the doctor, exactly. So, this guy car that had just gone through the light and was coming toward them, um, saw the car start driving erratically, saw the doctor's back up against the driver's spot against the window. Like he was side turned sideways trying fighting, to save his kids. Fighting. He was fighting. He said he thought it was a knockdown drag out and then he heard two shots. And the doctor was shot twice. So I don't know at what point the kids were shot, um who was, if they were shot before the doctor or after the The, doctor. So they were on the road
1: when it happened? Oh, yeah, he was driving. Well, how'd they get into the parking lot?
0: Because as soon as the doctor was shot, he slumped over, and then another witness saw a hand from the back behind the doctor grab the steering wheel, and he jerked it, and then the car started jackknifing. We're talking
1: with a boat, yeah.
0: Went off the road, it jackknifed, and it was almost like around a tree. Like, you know, like, here's the... And nobody ran
1: over there to see oh, any of that. A whole bunch of people ran. Stopped and right so, from And what happened? Them. Okay, now the, how'd the guy get out of the car?
0: Only one person... I think everybody was concerned about seeing an accident. Only one person said they saw, from their vantage point, a guy get out, climb out of the back of the back seat over the boys. He didn't even get out on the, on the passenger side. He got out on the Where driver's side. Where his bike side. was. Um, yeah, no, but the bike was now wrapped around the other side of the tree. So if it's driving along this way, He's still got to get out was, the right side. He had to, he I, he couldn't get out of this side because the boat was up against it. I think with no, the driver's the side, round out the driver's, driver's side. side exactly. And okay, then he ran around to get the
1: the left side.
0: Yeah, to get the, I don't know if you were in the front of the car. If you're in the front of the car, because one driver only said him saw saw him get out of the car and run out around the car. He thought check on he what he thought he was seeing was a person
1: checking on kids and stuff. Yes, exactly. But another person
0: saw a man get uh, grab up the bike out of the boat and get on it and ride away. Oddly, they didn't pay attention to that. They were concerned about the kids, and they everyone was not focused on the car. The guy. In the I room.
1: would have been the only one focused on the guy.
0: Well. The Colonel was focused on the guy because the Colonel was standing out in front of that condo. And I don't know, I gotta look again, but I'm pretty the sure. The Colonel
1: is who? The Colonel is another, another victim. witness. Victim.
0: The Colonel is Robert Matsky, I believe. We mean another victim. Yes, well, you're getting ready to find out because there's a whole other crime scene. Retired Air Force Lieutenant Colonel Robert Matsky was the transportation and custodial director for the Manatee County school system. He had just returned home from work changed his clothes and gone back outside to tend to the sprinklers at the West Bay Cove condominiums. He'd no sooner gone back outside when he yelled for his wife to call the police. Mrs. Matske had to open up her window to hear what he was yelling. Call the police. There's been a terrible accident. A boat's on fire. That's what she heard him say. Now, the West Bay Cove condominiums are close to where the station wagon and trailer ended up. Colonel Matzke must have had a pretty good vantage point from which to view the perpetrator, exit the vehicle, then run around the station wagon to fetch his bike from the boat. What prompted the colonel to do what he did next was most certainly witnessing someone fleeing an accident scene. But how much he saw and heard, we'll never know. Mrs. Matsky heard the gate slam as her 60-year-old husband ran down the driveway. According to his wife, ran up back to the house and said, Call the police, there's been an accident across the street. So she calls the police. He didn't say anything else. He didn't say what he saw with the guy or didn't say anything else. He jumped in his little um, sports car with the top down. This is an old man with gray hair. Jumps in chased it the guy and the chased bike. the guy on the bike. Yes, he did. He chased him down the road, and apparently the guy went. Through the light. He didn't turn at the light where we did. He went through the light, and then you can go behind the the shopping center. So he actually followed him through the light. He went to the back of where the Publix is now. it was Foodway back then. But we came out just a little while ago. Yes, when we turned that right. Yeah. So he follows him through the light. Then the guy must have turned. He must have seen him. However, the bike rider, because remember, he's on a bike now. He's following a guy on a bike who's not on the road. He's somewhere else. He's, you know, probably on the side of the road, going on sidewalks or whatever. So he goes through the light. Takes a left, right there to get, and he pulls into the parking lot from behind. Comes through the back side of the parking lot. Now, there was a woman that um, actually had gotten out of the car to chat with a friend while her husband took the groceries. She was around this corner over here, okay. and That's she story, said she saw Matt saw the colonel come through here. He comes through this entrance, so he's clearly looking for the guy. He must have seen him go this way, but he didn't know exactly where he is. So Maskey's coming here, he's driving. The lady waves at him right here. He cuts through he's seen him now. So he cuts through here and he's driving around and he makes it. If you're looking facing the, the Publix, he's over to the
1: left. I know exactly where he was because I re-rode right by there.
0: Okay, yes. So he's sitting over there and now there's an altercation between the two. And what multiple Did he put the car inside the bike inside the car? Nobody saw him put that bike in the car. That bike was never seen once, it got, once he got he into the car. Did it get in the car, though? They never found the bike. Nobody saw him putting that bike into the car, so we don't know if he dumped the bike somewhere and then that he was the He the bike the and came to walk yeah, to the but car. but they didn't find the bike and they searched for the bike.
1: And my question is, if somebody shoots somebody through the back, somebody shoots the other person through the back, then turns around and bang, bang, bangs the kids, and then climbs over him, he's got to get covered in blood
0: one would think, right? Especially if he had a light-colored shirt and pants on. And that part... something's got to have blood. Mom,
1: I have that police report, and it's bloody as fuck in that backseat. Then how in the hell are they blaming this I'm on this thinking, guy that didn't even do it, baby?
0: Well, I am thinking that he may have taken his shirt
1: off. Here's where the problem arises.
0: There's he'd still have
1: blood. a lot of blood on his arms, legs, everything. Maybe,
0: maybe he wiped himself off while he was riding. Who knows? He I might don't have, think so. It, who knows?
1: Well, how do you do all that that I guy? don't know,
0: but nobody even mentioned any blood on him over here either.
1: Doesn't sound right, Jenny. He pulled
0: out a gun. And he's the same description.
1: It doesn't sound right. Forensically, it doesn't sound right. I want to know how he got down the street, nobody saw blood on him, Gets into a car, well, none of the no, no, No blood was right car. up on him.
0: They were in the parking lot looking at him from hundred yards or whatever. Everyone there's no witness that was right up close
1: to him. Um blood Actually, there's that much blood in the car, he's gotta slish it around on his feet. He's gonna have it all over the freaking well, place. Well, the
0: blood yeah, I don't know. I, I mean have...
1: he climbed over
0: those kids. Well, they fell to the floor because they were when witnesses first saw them, they were falling out of the car. That son of a bitch crawled over them. The boys were falling out of the car. Yeah, half when the, when the witnesses were running up to the car, one of the boys was half in and half out of the car, hanging. I don't know if he, if he was not dead yet and he pulled himself out, or if that guy was he was they were falling out. He was climbing over them. But he them. still had
1: to climb over them. There has to be blood yeah, on him awesome. somewhere. I know. And, and he was this close to the guy he shot in front of him. You'd think there'd be some backspatter. Now, I could see him doing something like riding into the water and coming out, but he didn't have enough time to do no, that. No, he
0: didn't have enough time because Matsky was on his ass from the moment he saw him, pulled that thing out. Now, we don't have Matsky because he died. What happened was we don't have his testimony. We don't even know what he saw.
1: That How do op- we know he even saw him?
0: We don't even know if he if he... He could have just think thought he saw a guy running from a car accident we don't know that he saw that he knew anything about the shots because some of the people in the cars didn't hear the gunshots some of them did they said they sounded like firecrackers some of them heard them some of them didn't
1: but um
0: we don't know if Matsky even knew he was chasing a guy that actually
1: lives enough where he could see the wreck Yes. And he could see kids falling out of the car with blood all and over he them. And could see a man, he see a man get in a bike and running from that. He knows that he did it.
0: Well, he knows that what he. All he knows is that there's someone leaving the scene of an accident, and and kids are bleeding. Why isn't he? But instead of running to help but, the kids, but, he oh, ran I, I see the what the you're gun. saying. He
1: might have thought that the kids were bloody from the accident. Right. right. I don't think he. Knew why would I? Don't gunshot. understand why he wouldn't help the kids in that respect. Exactly, because he had to else think did. that somebody died.
0: Right. I think he had to think something nefarious because.
1: He wouldn't he's, have followed that guy all the right. way like that. He would
0: go right over to the kids and help them. Yes. But maybe he saw other people going to the, the kids and no, he was going to head out. No, when off. you
1: get, here's me, if I'm in his seat and I'm sitting there and I see them people falling out of the car, I see a whole shit thing going down over there with blood, I see some guy crawling over two kids, then I see some guy take a bike out of a thing and ride right away. And run, that's yeah. running. Yeah. If he didn't take the bike and say, hey, 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 yeah. hey then he's helping.
0: But he did. But we still don't know if he knew that he shot those people in the car. Matsky might have only known it was he was running
1: away from a car accident and what what was. But what, why would he do that if he didn't know about the shooting? And exactly. And take the bike out and do so that. So it
0: makes you think that Matsky had some idea of the stakes. So he follows him. They have an altercation. He they it looks like they're having some sort of argument, and then Matsky turns around, gets back in his car, and the guy walks. One goes to his car, grabs something out of it, comes over, shoots him in the head, apparently,
1: and then walks back in his car, gets out, and drives out. Oh, and and drives nobody off. has anything to... Th- no Nobody got yet. the... Li- they, 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 no they- assholes did... Not one person looked at the freaking track. They mentioned the
0: license plate, but they didn't get a number, only that they saw that they believed it was a Florida plate. But nobody had the wherewithal. So, so many things were happening at once, and... The people at the car, do they like, get a description of him even? Yes, they have a description of him.
1: <clears throat> well, you got to think too that if there's a guy in either area shooting a gun randomly, you're going to dock, hide, move, run. You're not going towards that you. Why would you run towards right. a guy and, shooting a gun? And
0: that's why they were wondering how if Matsky knew about the gun, why he would probably he chase did the guy not.
1: But he's a colonel too, so
0: He's yeah, been to the service, so, and his wife and kids said that he was the type that would have done that.
1: So we can't rule out that he did know. Yeah, but if he knows him. he's got a gun, he's also smart enough to know he shouldn't get too up, right up on his ass.
0: Yeah, he confronted him without a gun, exactly. He that. should
1: never have done that. He should have parked five spaces over and waited for him to get in the car and followed him to where he and was going. And he didn't
0: going. say, call, tell his wife, call the police, I'm I'm chasing a guy that did something. He says there's been an accident. And to call the police, and then he chases after a guy. He didn't say anything about the, what he was doing to his wife. Yeah, but she, what
1: happens when he got there is the guy was climbing over the kids, ran and got his bike, and then he thought this guy did this. I got to go see what's going on.
0: But he, when he ran back to get to get in his car and tell his wife to call nine one one, he didn't, um, he didn't to go chase the guy. He didn't say. what she said what happened, he said I don't know. There's an accident.
1: He didn't say there's a guy that just left an accident. and I'm chasing him. Would you tell your hot wife that? I don't have a gun, nothing, honey, but he's got a gun, shot a bunch of yeah, family, I, yeah. got on a bike, and I'm going to go chase his ass. No, you're fucking not. Get in this house and call the police yeah. yourself. That's what I would have said. Would you tell your wife that? No. Well, so he gets shot, and his car... He's dead. dead. He gets shot he's dead. dead?
0: So Matzki gets shot. The guy leaves. Matsky is immediately dead, and he slumps over, and his car does this and slams into another car. These people at this, what's going on the here... The car's
1: driving, Maxi's car's driving.
0: It, it, it went into it.
1: yeah, he must have... Okay, so you got people looking all over the place and not even seeing what's they going on.
0: They don't know what's going on in the other crime scene. These people only know that they've got... a. Someone just got shot, someone left, and now the car, they didn't know he was dead yet, and they thought, and he crashed into another car. They're only worried about this, they have no
1: idea what's going on in the boat thing. Not to mention that... You got police coming over to the other thing. Now you got another police people calling yes. coming to the other thing. and
0: then that's exactly. what And you what got a happened. biker who's going to look at
1: fifty-two bikers on the there street. There
0: were multiple calls coming in. One got called here. One got called there. They didn't realize. And if he didn't look like
1: he was covered in blood, he could even look dripping wet, and they wouldn't worry because he's at the beach.
0: It was right around this time that the Manatee County dispatcher was bombarded with calls. Anyone listening to the radio on that frequency would have heard those calls piling up. First, calls for police, then ambulance, then a call for a second ambulance, then a call from an officer for backup. We've got a man shot at the foodway, came his plea. Three police and fire units rolled out almost immediately, but what began as a boat on fire call ended up being much, much more. Colonel Matsky jumped into his Fiat sports car and followed the perpetrator from the scene. He is the only witness who would see the perpetrator at both crime scenes. One witness on Manatee Avenue, the road that the station wagon pulling the trailer had lost control on, said that the man in the sports car, Colonel Matsky, looked like he was going to take a left at the intersection, by the foodway, but changed his mind and drove through the light. We can't know what prompted that change. Perhaps the colonel saw the man on the bike drive around the back of the foodway, Or maybe the light turned yellow and he needed to get through the intersection fast or risk losing sight of the man who was fleeing on the bike. But right after he pulled through the intersection, Colonel Matsky made a left onto the small road behind the Foodway supermarket and drove into the back side of the parking lot. It seems as though he lost sight of the man on the bike, at least momentarily, because witnesses say that he was driving slowly through the lot from the back to the front and even waved at someone he recognized, before decisively turning in the direction of his target. Other witnesses saw the sports car pull up near another vehicle described as brownish in color, and the older man having what appeared to be a heated conversation or altercation with a younger man. Witnesses say that Matske turned to get back in his sports car as the young man turned to retrieve something from inside his vehicle, and then a shot rang out. Matsky immediately fell to his side, no longer visible to onlookers, and his sports car drove on its own steam in a wide arc through the lot until it impacted another vehicle, crashing to a stop. Nobody at the Foodway had any idea of what had brought Colonel Matsky into that Foodway parking lot, and nobody at the scene of the presumed vehicle accident or boat on fire knew about what was unfolding no more than two or three minutes later at the foodway. There were now two crime scenes quickly unfolding on Anna Maria Island, crime scenes that would tax the seven-man Holmes Beach Police Department and the sleepy little Gulfside community. But they were almost immediately receiving help. The Bradenton Beach police chief responded to the boat fire call But once he arrived, he saw the fire marshal vehicle and the Holmes Beach patrol vehicle already there. And having heard the emergency calls barked out over the radio, he quickly redirected to the supermarket, darting into traffic so fast that another vehicle knocked into a stopped vehicle. Frantic minutes ushered in the investigations of the two crime scenes that law enforcement didn't yet know were linked. At the scene where the station wagon and boat were wrapped around a small tree, steam rose as sprinklers covered everything in mist. The vehicle's engine was still running and began to overheat. The tires spun. What looked like smoke was actually dust flying into the air, later shedding light on the initial report of a fire. It started to dawn on first responders, though, that there was way too much blood inside that station wagon for a car accident with the scant damage that the vehicle had incurred. Something wasn't right. Joanne Lehman, a reporter for the Island Herald, hurried behind the Bradenton police chief after an elderly man ran up to them at the accident scene and told them there was a shooting at the foodway. She followed the police chief from one crime scene to another, both of them darting across the busy intersection on foot, arriving to find a cluster of people around Colonel Matsky, who was lying on the ground with technicians trying to revive him. The reporter eventually ran back to the other scene and saw vehicles rear-ending one another. She described it in her story like being in a war zone. She also noticed the blood and knew something didn't seem right. The station wagon had no broken glass, and it was barely dented. It wasn't until later, once journalists called the hospital, that it was more widely learned that the victims had been shot. That is how harried the crime scenes were. They also chillingly learned that, based on early witness accounts, the perpetrator may have driven back by the crime scene and watched them all tending to the victims as he made his getaway off the island. As one of only two female journalists present, Joanne Lehman noted in her reporting that while they all sat around waiting for the 11 p.m. press conference that night, one of the other male reporters asked her why she hadn't chosen a prettier line of work, like modeling. In the next episode, I'll break down the statements of the only witness who heard the killer speak and was in the station wagon with him when the shooting began. Stay tuned.